COVID-19, better known as coronavirus, has spread throughout the world, there are a few ways to help lower the spread of this respiratory disease. Wash your hands. Avoid touching your face, including mouth, nose, and eyes. Cover your coughs and sneezes. Monitor your symptoms and consult with your doctor. Stay at home and away from other sick people except for medical care. Clean and disinfect high-touch surfaces. For more information, please visit cdc.gov forward slash COVID-19. Thank you. Broadcasting from deep in the heart of North America, five influential podcasters from coast to coast come together to discuss a variety of topics from around the world. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Power Hour. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Coast to Coast Power Hour. This is Michael Glenn Moore. I am your moderator for tonight. We have four other podcasters with us tonight, and we're going to go down the line and introduce each other and tell a little bit about our podcast that we are in, the multiple podcast or singular podcast. Uh, some of us do more than one. So anyway, let's begin with Andy. Hey, guys. This is uh, Andy from Try Not to Laugh podcast. And I also do a secondary podcast called Analytically Correct. What are they about? Well, Try Not to Laugh. Um, it's, uh, well, the abbreviated uh, name is TNTL Podcast. So it's a comedy podcast. It's about two lifelong buddies trying to navigate this crazy world through comedy. Um, so it's basically my co-host Brandon and I. We, uh, we, we basically just talk nonsense about day-to-day uh, -day stuff, you know, uh, observational humor. We have guests on uh, ranging from, you know, uh, stand-up comedians to actors to authors you know basically anybody who's interesting who is a good, with a sense of humor that we can have on the show to play games with us and uh, participate in different bits and uh, the other show analytically correct that's basically more of a science philosophy business based show where we kind of look at people who have turned their passions into uh, their careers so that's that's a little bit more of a serious show you know I still kind of try to keep it a little bit light but that's that, that's a little bit more where we go um you know deeper into the emotional side of you know running a business and how does that affect your personal life and also how did you get to where you're at today i think it's kind of an interesting perspective on uh business people and it's it's a side of them that a lot of people don't really get to see and i think that's an important uh way to look at it because it's so many times they talk about, you know, well, I went to business school and then I worked at this job and I worked at that job and now I make this much. And that's that's really that's that's not the most important part of it. A lot of it has to do with, you know, the the philosophical end of it and the emotional end of it. And if, if you focus a lot more on that, I, I think you'll have a better understanding of how they became successful. So I try to bring that out in them. Okay. Cool. 
Um, our, all your podcast, your both both of your podcasts are available on all popular podcast platforms. Uh, TNTL podcast is available everywhere. Analytically correct podcast will be available everywhere as of the end of uh, April. Oh, okay. As, uh, so you can't listen to that one yet. It's still still right. So I'm I'm still uh, creating a pool of episodes right now. I've got a number of them recorded, but I have not released them as of yet. Oh, cool. So we'll have you be, you'll be able to binge immediately when it comes out. <laughs> Absolutely. I'll have at least uh, 15 episodes available at the end of uh, next month. Okay. Devin, why don't you tell us about you? Devin's actually not here. You've only got Maddox tonight. Um, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> it happens. More people do that than you would think. Uh, no, our shows are, we've got the Heavyweight Chumps Radio Hour, which we now call the Double XL Edition because it expanded to two hours in our second season, um, which is available on radio-memphis.com and on the TuneIn app on Tuesday nights beginning at 10 p.m. Central. Uh, we also have the Heavyweight Chumps Podcast, which is available anywhere. And recently I've started working on a new show that is called Earth Nerds Are Cheesy that is a show I am co-hosting with my uh, with a new co-host her name is Kevlar Kate uh, and it is a show that deals with cheesy B movies and, and geek culture like comic cons and things of that nature okay um, why don't we go now to Joanne Joanne what are your shows hey guys uh, applause radio show and uh, basically it's it's an adver- it's advertising it's entertainment and uh, it's a way to get artists, especially from yesterday, uh, musicians and uh, celebrities, actors, uh, a way to bring them back to the forefront and make them uh, relevant again. Hence, applause radio show. We want to give them the applause they deserve. So we get a lot of uh, musicians and actors from yesterday that uh, people, you know, they want to reminisce about their past, especially with these crazy times. They'd rather go back to good times. So. We also have up-and-coming people as well, artists, uh, musicians, authors, actors, uh, anybody who, you know what? I just like to help people out and anybody who needs to promote something, they could come and they could promote the hell out of it on my show. I just want to help them out. So uh, them coming on helps me, me having them on helps them. So we have a lot of fun. Is there's no fanfare, no flash, you know, nothing special about it other than us talking to John and I, uh, talking to our guests. And it's, it's not only fun for the listeners, it's fun for me too, because a lot of these people are people that I admired and looked up to and looked at as an influence in my career as well, because I'm also in the entertainment industry. Well, I was, but you know, for me, it's, it's the way for, I'm basically doing a bucket list for myself, kind of, because I'm meeting these people via the radio and it's just a thrill of a lifetime and i'm having a blast yeah you, uh, your most recent episode you talked to uh, someone from chicago the band chicago yeah and also yep. the bassist for foreigner um, yeah and i remember guys. seeing foreigner when i was you know in my teens they they you know toured quite a bit and right. that was one of my faves so i was really really pleased with being being able to check that one out well, no, what's cool about it, you find out so much more about them, too. Like, uh, you know, Rick Wills, the bassist from Foreigner, 
I mean, he has been in so many amazing bands. I mean, he, he was with Bad Company. He's played with Roger Daltrey. I mean, you name it, he's been playing with them for years. And the fantastic thing is these artists that we have on, they're, they're up there in age, you know, and, and they sound like they're still kicking, doing a great job and loving what they're doing and will always love what they're doing. And, and I love it. I just, I really enjoy it a lot. Okay, uh, Anthony, can you hear us? I certainly can. Okay, go ahead and, and uh, introduce yourself and let us know what podcast you're uh, involved with. Uh, certainly. So my name is Anthony Bose. I have a podcast that's called The Freakin' Awesome Podcast. Uh, we are a uh, Canadian-based podcast where we do, uh, it's kind of like a comedy interview show. So we pick up some uh, humorous articles from around the world. We do a little fact-checking to make sure it's actually real news. And uh, then we sit down with uh, people from the entertainment industry and uh, we kind of strip it apart have a good laugh, uh, then we kind of talk to our guests about what they're working on, and um, it's a very relaxed conversation. Uh, a lot of our listeners love to know that uh, celebrities are real, real people too. We just uh, It's just a, a very humorous, uh, light conversation, and it runs about 40 minutes. So uh, we're uh, very fortunate that we're actually still in our infancy. We're only about uh, six months old, and we've already taken a Canadian Podcast Award. Oh, excellent. Congratulations. I'll go ahead and uh, now I'll talk about my podcast i am uh, michael glenmore i have in a city like yours which is a, a podcast that comes out twice a month uh, i ask my guests to come on and relate a story of something that happened in their life which changed them in some significant way and that can be good or bad and uh so i have a lot of interesting guests with interesting stories to keep you interested in what you're listening to uh, the second podcast i'm involved with is called scott h silverman's happy hour uh, Scott is a, he's an, has been a, uh, an alcoholic and a drug user and has been in recovery for over 30 years now. And he does quite a bit of work in that field. And he's very, you know, he's an expert by now because he, he knows uh, the uh, addiction recovery aspect inside and out. So we talk about different aspects of addiction and recovery. And those shows come out the first three Wednesdays of the month. Okay. So, what are we talk, talking about tonight? Y'all, you, you guys want to talk about how the, the coronavirus has changed the way we do our podcast and how we deal with, you know, not being able to leave the house and, you know, what have we. I know, I, know, I think Joanne for sure is under quarantine. I'm, I'm not sure about everybody else. I am as well. Louisiana's locked down. So, well, unfortunately, Michael, I'm a, a essential employee, so I'm not on lockdown. So <laughs> I'm not happy about it at all. I didn't sign up to be a hero. So, you know, unfortunately, uh, I have to go to work. So not thrilled. But it hasn't affected my podcast in any way. I mean, I do everything via telephone with our guests. So has not affected it in any way. But uh, yeah, no, I'm not looking forward to going to work tomorrow. But unfortunately, I have to. Well, I'm looking forward to leaving the house, that's for sure. Yeah, no. Not not on the East Coast, anyway. Oh, I am. I'm in New York, and I am... Oh, very... the, oh that's right. I forgot you were in uh, the island, right? Yeah, I'm very much looking forward to leaving the house tomorrow. I can't wait. I go out. Don't get me wrong. I mean, people could go out, you know, but just stay away from people. That's it. I mean, oh, I yeah, no. Out. I mean, I'm very cautious. Yeah. I'm very mindful of the yeah, fact that too. I can't, you know, get too close to people. But, you know, just not, not being in the house, confined to my living room for, uh, you know, <laughs> more than uh, 48 hours. I mean, that's 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 a treat. Um, you know, <laughs> I just, uh, just want to get out there, you know, just drive my car and see things and, you know, just 
be uh, be outside of these four walls. Um, you know, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, no, I, I, my thing is I have to go and sit in a room full of 50 people and, you know, be around people. If I could be by myself, it wouldn't bother me one bit. I, I feel like this is actually kind of a dream come true for me. So <laughs> <laughs> I do end up having to do a lot of uh, travel to and from for my work. Uh, so it's been nice. I get to work from home and, uh, you know, it's really uh, it's great because I get to a little bit of extra time with my kids. Uh, right, I've, also, right. I've also found, of course, that my kids and my animals seem to be driving me nuts as well. So, uh, you know, I'm very thankful that we have a very large backyard. So they get to go out there. I get some work done. And uh, it also uh, gave me a little time to work on my home studio, which uh, which I'm actually in is 95 percent complete today. And um, it, the only the only downside, the only way it's in fact impacted me is uh, my co-host, uh, of course, is uh, in another city and we normally get together in a, uh, a local studio our uh, other studio has been closed down because of this so we have to kind of do things remote and then bring our guest in so you know we have to try to find ways that are uh, clearly bringing everybody through um right with uh, you know the soundboard as it is so we definitely got to get creative and it feels like i've been macgyvering things for days now <laughs> yeah, yeah i think as, as much bad as uh, has has come out of all of this i think a lot of really good things have come of this as well you know i've noticed so many positive stories even uh, outside of my own personal experience as well you know so many people have been telling me like you know i'm spending more time with my kids you know i see all right. these people posting online of pictures of them baking you know brownies and cupcakes with their kids or reading to their kids at night or you know just doing school like homeschooling their kids or um, doing projects at home that they had been putting off for months and months. You know, I, as unfortunate as all this is, you know, I hate that people are sick and people are losing their lives, but there's a lot of, uh, a, a lot of really good things that have come from this also, you know? Yeah. Well, when it first hit, I said to myself, well, maybe this is a way of God or whatever, if you're into religion or not, or life in general telling us that we need to slow down. The world is just moving too fast and we need to slow down and spend time, like you said, with your family and do things that you're not able to do because you're, you know, now you can't go out. So like you said, you're cleaning your studio. I started mine. <laughs> what a mess I started. I'm nowhere near finished. <laughs> but yeah, I look at it as a way of somebody's telling us to slow the hell down. We're moving really? way too fast. I really feel like this overall tone should should actually, the message here should be, hey people, start washing your hands. I, I mean, I can't I imagine how many times I go to a men's washroom. I don't want to scare people here, but how many times I go into a men's washroom and how many men walk out without washing their hands? It uh, is repulsive. And, and disgusting times, is what it is. It is. And, and it's just like, this just proves why this virus spread so quick. Right. Is <laughs> right. because... People don't wash their hands, and it is disgusting. I mean, it, it takes you 30 seconds to properly wash your hands. I know, it's disgusting. I know, I can't believe that we had to actually tell people to wash their hands. It's like, are you kidding me? Yeah, the only routine that changed for me with washing hands is I now have a, a, a jar of sanitizer uh, gel that I use after I've washed my hands. So I kind of get the double whack there. And, oh. uh, you know, I feel like I've done something when I've, use that sanitizer for like <sighs> you know because it says it'll kill 99 percent germs and mm. you know, bacteria so let, let me pose out. a question to the panel here uh-oh do you guys think that it's possible that we've seen these weakened immune systems because everybody has been such a germaphobe now for the last 
15 to 20 years. You've seen people carrying the Purell in their purses. They haven't built up an immunity to anything. Whereas when we were kids, you'd go swimming in a pond. You'd, it didn't, you'd go play in the mud. You didn't care. These days are stuck in the house. They're getting out and they're getting exposed to germs. And that's part of it. I, I think it's a lot of it is a weakened immune system because people have been so antimicrobial and antibacterial for so long now. There's a, there's a flip side to this. I mean, look at the amount of children nowadays who spend all their time on technology and aren't right. actually going outside and spending that time outside. I mean, right. I practically have to shove my kids out the door sometimes. And uh, as much as I had worked in the IT field for a long time and, and I surround myself with biometrics and technology, uh, at the same time, I, I understand and, and respect the amount of time that you need to be creative and, and you have to get away from technology to do that. So by having kids go out and play and be physical and imagine things um, is, is uh, been a big thing for me in trying to get my kids back out to doing. Um, but yeah, I mean, with it, when it comes to uh, kids that, uh, you know, are a little bit more, people are a little more germaphobes. I mean, there's always that, uh, you know, that old saying where kids are supposed to eat like a pound of dirt in their lifetime to build up all that, uh, mm. all that uh, <laughs> resistance to things. Yeah, partially it could be that kids aren't uh, getting into the, the dirtiness as uh, they used to be. You know, uh, I, I mean, they say at some point it was sanitizer alone is, is what has increased a lot of these things because people have been over sanitizing. Yeah, I'm like like he said. I mean, it's uh, as kids. I mean, we we licked each other's lollipops, we licked each other's ice creams, we shared each other's sodas, and I'm here to tell you about it. You know, <laughs> I drank from the garden hose. Hey, oh, <laughs> oh yeah, I know. Did. Who did? Who did? Right. My kids. My kids. You don't never drink wanted from the, the first hose. drink out. You, you you never wanted the first drink out of the garden hose. It was no. always a little warm. You, you yeah. wanted, yeah. wanted to yeah. wait till it cooled off some. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah. That was always the joke. We try to see which kid would actually drink out of the hose first. <laughs> <laughs> and you just oh, hope you remember to turn it off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I don't know. And one thing I could say is about this hand washing. I mean, I always wash my hands anyway, but my hands are so dry. There's no lotion on this earth that can cure the dryness in my hands right now from all the washing that I've been doing because between going to the store, as soon as I get in the car, I'm using the sand, you know, wherever I go, I've got the sanitizer in the car. So as soon as I get back in the car, I use it. As soon as I, of course, go to ladies room, I always wash my hands and took a napkin with me after to open the door, then to open the next door, you know, at work or wherever I use a public restroom. And I just find myself honestly watching more than I normally would. And my hands are raw. <laughs> that one secret for you on that one. It's called Utter Bomb. It's utter Bomb? Apparently it's something that farmers use to, to keep cow utter nipples uh, soft. And it's ah. a very thick, greasy goop, but it will make any hand. I used to work with a guy whose hands were almost like boot leather from the work mm -hmm. he did. And um, we were told that, yeah, you get this stuff. And uh, within uh, about a month, his hands were the softest things in the world. And, and his wife was really thankful, apparently, because she said it was the worst thing to have him touch her. Oh, God. But he had soft hands. <laughs> right. How about everybody's experience with going to the grocery store or not going to the grocery store, the, the shortage of uh, supplies like toilet paper and 
flour and some of the staples you can even get right now? We've been lucky in that, number one, our podcast scored a bidet sponsor early on. So the toilet paper shortage <laughs> wasn't that bad. Um, but when it came to the, comes to the grocery store issue, I'm one of those that can say I'm lucky in regard that my dad actually runs a grocery store. And if I need something, I can just call him and say, if my wife can't go pick it up because she works in the medical field, so she will go to the grocery store. And if they don't have it, then I call my dad and say, hey, bring this home and just throw it out on the porch. Well, for me, I mean, I already have all this stuff in my house already. When I do my shopping, I already buy the large package of toilet paper, the large package of paper towels, the cleaning supplies. I clean my house. I have that. I mean, why doesn't anybody have that? Toilet paper. What is the run on the toilet paper? I mean, what the hell? You know, it, it's, it's crazy. But no, my experiences to the store within the first the first week when this all blew up, the stores were insane. There was nothing, nothing on the shelves, no food, nothing. The toilet paper, forget it, that was gone. Cleaning stuff, totally, I didn't even look for it because I knew it was gone. And about the second week towards the end, it calmed down. There was some meat left in the in the refrigerators and still I didn't even bother to look at the toilet paper and all that. But now, I mean, the stores are fine over here in Jersey. You know, they're fine. You can, I mean, you can get ready. My guess is there's going to be another run starting at the first of the first of the month. You well, probably no, saw no, people no, that were no, using up their using up all their uh, EBT and things like that to run no through a lot of the, the meat and stuff. Yeah, no pun intended on the run, the runs? No, 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 no pun, <laughs> no Well, I don't know about you guys, but uh, by me, a lot of the uh, supermarkets, um, they started putting limitations on what you can buy. Absolutely. So, th so they don't have issues anymore with things running out. So basically, if you want canned goods, it, the limitation is five. If you want meats, the limitation is two and so on. Right. So there's basically, you can still get anything you need, but there's a right. limit. And, you know, so people aren't pigs anymore and they're not going to go out and get more than they need. Most people aren't going to go back every single day and start hoarding. You know what I mean? Yes. Could I go back every day and get the same thing over and over again? Yeah, but there's no reason to. You right. know? Well, I mean, Andy... Andy, by you, since we're so close in proximity, I mean, do they, by me, uh, the stores, they are only allowing a certain number of people in at a time so that nobody's on top of each other. And they also have like the taped lines that they put down. So like boxes, they want people to stand in, especially when they're going to the counter or the register. And a lot of stores are putting up like a plexi or not a plexiglass, but like a sheet of plastic between the counter and the customer. Uh, the one CVS, they put uh, six foot folding tables between the counter and the customer. So this way we're nowhere near each other. Are they doing that by you, Andy? Yeah, I've seen all those things. Um, every store yeah. is a little bit different. So like 7-Eleven, right. they have the boxes that you stand in. So everyone's six feet apart. They're yep, all measured. Yep. Uh, CVS has the tables, um, yep. the six foot tables. Yeah, the supermarket, they have like the like the plexi, um, sort of like the the hockey protector <laughs> yeah. between you and the, um, the cashier. Right. And... Um, but yeah, I mean, it's all, you know, it's all just, I get it. You know, I mean, you can't be, right. you can't be too careful, you know? Right. Like, what about you guys down South? I mean, how's it down there for you guys? I mean, 
Well, for me, I, I like to order my my food and all online and then pick it up at Walmart where they bring it out to me. Mm-hmm. And a lot of things they won't And do there's that. no issue, but there's no issue with that? It hasn't... No, uh, there is. Uh, there is. Oh, oh. To me, it sounds like that would be the best idea because I don't go into the grocery store. I'm not uh, mingling with people who may have uh, the virus. And in case I have the virus, I'm not mingling with people either. So when I, right, but the, but does it even make sense if somebody with the virus touches something that you had that you bought and then you bring it home and now you get it? I mean, in any event, we're gonna get it from somewhere. You know what I mean? So yeah, I, I just have to the, be careful. Uh, I I wash my hands often. Well, that that's why I'm washing my hands. Yeah, <laughs> and also I I, sanit- I try to sanitize the things that I can't dump out of the package. Like if I if I get cereal, I'll take the cereal bag out of the box. Throw the mm. box away. Uh, that's a great no, idea. No one's touched that cereal bag because it's been in the right. box all that time. So that's I, a great idea. Other things are like that. You can also take your bread and dump it into an uh, airtight container, and then you can mm. throw away that plastic wrapping that which may have been touched by someone. Oh. And there's Michael, also, you, you need to you need to give people that uh, that information. I never even would have thought of that. Yeah, there, there's things to do. Um, you know, the, uh, I watched a video where he suggested taking your island if you have one and divide it in half. One side is contaminated, the other side is germ-free. And as you go through your groceries, either wipe down the uh, cans of canned goods and what have you with a disinfectant towel and then put it on the germ-free side and so forth and do that with all your food. He also suggested that if you buy fruit and vegetables, that you wash, wash each fruit and vegetable with soap for 20 seconds. And warm mm. water, so that that mm. would take a while if you buy a lot of food, but right. it, you know, in, but in the end, it, you know, you're you're helping yourself, and oh, also like you, guys, you know, washing your hands yeah. frequently is really the best way right. to go. Well, like Andy said, you're just better safe than sorry, and you can't, you know, it's not nothing to get fanatic about or, or frenetic uh, about, but you know, better safe than sorry, you know. Yeah, I share a home with my mother where she has one and a half lungs and she's diabetic. So here I am, I'm 58 and diabetic. So neither one of us are really in a good, good case situation if one of us was to come down. So, you know, I have a a horror of bringing home the virus and Mm -hmm. infecting her. So that, you know, that's just something to think about. We have to think about things differently now. Right, right. Well, what do you think? What do you guys think about? They're saying that uh, the warmer weather will curtail it to some degree. Now, okay, if that's the case, now when it gets winter again, are we going to see another case of this? I mean, what do you think? That's what the last flu uh, epidemic back in the 2016, I mean, uh, 1916, around there. Uh, mm. the, oh, the Spanish flu, yeah. Yeah, the, uh, the, the, 1918, yeah. the flu was really bad in the spring, and then it led up in the, in the summer, and everybody thought, okay, well, it's over. You know, no more deaths. And then in the fall, it came back and killed mm. like 10 million more people. It was even wow. worse than in the spring. So that's a definite a definite possibility. that. It yeah, I didn't know that that was the case with that flu. I thought it was all one big band boom. <laughs> I didn't yeah, know. We, uh, yeah. you know. They didn't have vaccines back then. So what we can hope for right. is that by the time fall gets here, we have vaccines that will, right. you know, right. will curb that. Uh, right. Yeah, I'm hoping. I mean, I have faith that you know, modern modern science will will come up with a vaccine. What and and you guys can agree or disagree, but you know, my prediction is that ultimately what what's end up, what's going to end up happening is that 
uh, this country cannot allow itself to implode. You know, sooner or later, people are going to have to end up leaving the house and going back to work. And I think we're going to end up needing to adapt. So the the businesses that can allow the employees to work from home are just going to adapt and say, okay, look, this percentage of the business, you can work from home. Everyone else, put on a mask and gloves. We're going to educate the country. These people are going to have to go to work because we need to make money and our money is tied up into the rest of the world so we need to we need to keep up with the rest of the world and the world economy and um i think we're just going to have to adapt until there's a vaccine because this thing will continue to you know cycle uh whether whether there is a vaccine or not i mean this thing um it exists i mean the some form of it existed before there were six flus and there were six versions of this flu. Now there's a seventh. That's what this is. So um, I don't think it's going to go away. And at some point in history, there will be an eighth and a ninth and a tenth. You know, that's just the way it works. So I think um, the best thing to do is just kind of adapt to it. You know what I mean? Uh, whether that's going to work or working from home, um, you know, new ways of uh, there should be better regulations on how um, you know how restaurants clean their their kitchens or how food is prepared you know there should be better regulations on china and how you know how they regulate their markets and um and in the u.s and in europe you know like we should all be mindful of it it shouldn't just be you know oh get rid of all all the uh all those markets in china where they're eating bats you know like it's it's not just that like we need to be more careful here too it's the fact that you go into a restaurant here and there's a there's a guy in the in the kitchen preparing stuff with his bare hands like that's not okay either that wasn't okay yeah. a month ago it's certainly not okay now right let me let me right. tell you what the, the, the how the things are working up here in the great white north um for, for the most people everybody finds the canadians as as the uh, most uh, pleasant people in the world let me tell you when this happened they're a bunch of animals <laughs> the, <laughs> the, the fact is you cannot find toilet paper still here um, and and this is a, this is a very hard subject for me because I have three women in my house. Let me tell you, we're getting low, and I'm starting to panic. <laughs> um, and and it's really funny, actually. I'm not sure if any of you heard about this, but there, there's a man out there who actually did the math on toilet paper and, and specifically the the Costco toilet paper out there. I saw that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and basically, it says that you have to take a dump 128 times a day, right, to, to basically make that much toilet paper worth buying. Right. Um, so the amount of people that are still hoarding up here is, is ridiculous. Now I understand why. Uh, it, it's an, it's um, a luxury item, really. When it, when it comes down to things, of all the the watches and and cars and everything you can get, toilet paper is something you need. You don't need those other things, and it is truly a luxury item. So who controls the toilet paper controls the life of luxury. Um, <laughs> Here, uh, grocery stores are, uh, you know, they're kind of allowing a certain amount of people in at a time. Um, that's not so bad. Uh, I'm actually quite surprised that uh, you can always find steak and fresh vegetables. What you can't find is craft dinner and all the junk. So people are going full, um, you know, bomb shelter, fallout with canned goods and, and the other garbage. Um, other than that, uh, you know, people are, are pretty good. There's lots of different areas where... Um, I've seen several people out there reaching out and saying, hey, if you need something, I will help you. I will." So uh, seeing people band together in different communities is actually quite nice. Um, but uh, the, the other things that are out there, just trying to find things is, is also a real pain in the butt. Like Walmart here, if you want to get toilet paper, you have to show up at least 7 o'clock in the morning on a Monday. Mm. Can't do that. Most people can't. The only people, the thing is, 
they allow seven o'clock to eight o'clock for senior citizens. By the time they're done, there's no more toilet paper left. Mm. So it's just, it's secular and it's, uh, it's a growing problem where people are still hoarding up in this area. And uh, it's quite, uh, quite upsetting that, um, you know, for a country that is well known for its diplomacy and peacekeeping and friendliness, uh, it's quite going to pot in, um, in terms of, in times of need. So, well, yeah, Andy. I, I'm sorry. sorry. Let me say something real quick. Uh, I am prepared to go to the newspaper route if I have to. Uh, keep a trash bag in my bathroom, tear off a piece of newspaper, wet it from the sink, and then use that and throw it in the trash bag and then tie the trash bag each time you finish. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I've got a plan. <laughs> I hope I don't get to that, but I, I look every day to see when uh, toilet paper will be available. I've got uh, 30 rolls come in and at the end of May. That's the I, soonest yeah. I can get them. So yeah, I've, I've been looking at that ordering thing as well, where you can order online and yeah, April, May, May is about the, the going right now. I did stock up on some Kleenex. Now I've seen people selling three squares of toilet paper online for $15. I will tell you, I will surely use a sock before I start paying $15 for three squares of toilet paper. Well, oh, yeah. it's funny you say that about the square. We were joking on our show tonight that we were giving away one square of Charmin as a as a as a giveaway <laughs> to our callers. <laughs> but one one thing we haven't run out of down here is we've still seen an abundance of the flushable wipes. Well, I was going mean, to say I was going to say to uh, Michael. I mean, in regard to you know newspaper. I mean, we could always go back to the day of when we had cloth diapers. You have plenty of cloth in your house. You have T-shirts. You have whatever towels. You use it. You wash it or throw it away. I mean, what's the problem? I said that as well. My uh, my wife argued with me and said that's never happening <laughs> unless I'm doing all the laundry. I mean, if you need it to, you know what I mean. I mean, you can always. I mean, I, if it's an old T-shirt, I'm throwing it out. But I'm just saying. I mean, we go back to the day when there was cloth diapers. I mean, you, you, the kids they went in cloth diapers. You washed it. You use it the next day. I mean, what's the problem? But I, I, I totally wanted agree. to. Yeah, I wanted to ask Anthony. Now, the United States is blaming China. Is Canada blaming the United States for this thing? I, or how did this, how did you guys get this information? I mean, you guys, we obviously got it first or no? Um, I, I think it was, uh, I mean, up here, uh, a lot of the stuff comes through, um, uh, you know, the World Health Organization. Uh, we look at, uh, we try to, we try to be flexible when it comes to uh, politics, especially involving the U.S. Um, because we, we know unfortunately news agencies and i don't want to get too political because i i am definitely not the political person especially with my show but God, uh, i try not to be believe me <laughs> i try it's so yeah. hard oh but, go ahead. i'm is, sorry it is very hard to argue with the fact that the media is controlled by the governments and and i'm not a conspiracy theorist in any way but it just seems to be very uh, interesting that every time it's an election year that comes up, there seems to be some type of virus or plague or something that's going around that seems to bolster those numbers and who's controlling that. However, I, I to be honest, all I heard about the U.S. was, of course, um, you know, Trump had uh, fired uh, the majority of their health pandemic organization, team, yeah. yeah, their pandemic mm -hmm. team. Uh, it sounds like a little bit of the ball was dropped, but for the most part. I think all signs really still were pointing to China and and you know that we can't 
uh, ignore the fact that they are like the number one exporting place. I mean, everything comes out of China. And right. it's hard to avoid those things. Um, but again, I think it still comes down to, uh, you know, being careful, being prepared. Um, you know, I, I still order things that comes in from China. The first thing I do is I take it out. I uh, disinfect it. I wash my hands and then I and I like I pull it all apart, wash my hands, disinfect and and I go about my day. And I'm lucky that I haven't caught it or anybody in my family. So right. Sorry, guys. I'm so sorry. Sorry about that. Sorry. That's my rescue. I'm so sorry. That's okay. We love animals. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Poor thing. And I just actually was thinking the other day, uh, had I not rescued this dog, he probably would have been put down with everything that's going on because the prior owner didn't have a pot to piss in. And I'm sure the last thing they would have wanted to spend money on was dog food. So I'm very happy to have my puppy. So, you know. Yeah, we've been lucky to find plenty of dog food. So our dogs are, are, you know, doing well. But when it comes to us, me and my mother, we're having difficulty i'm saying if people if people are gonna have, if it comes down to feeding yourself or your dog you know what i mean yeah, yeah. so I, and and i that's what i think the case would have been with this dog so i'm, I'm grateful i was able to take him in I, really, I saw a really funny meme that said if uh, if dogs could get coronavirus they would have found a cure by now <laughs> so true <laughs> that people care more about animals than people right <laughs> See, I don't know if it came down so to me true. eating or my dog eating. I would feed my dog because honest, <clears throat> I if I would fell asleep, too. my dog would eat me. So <laughs> that's true. I didn't think of that. I didn't think of that. <laughs> no, I've I've got a rescue from the Dominican Republic, a little coconut hound, and she's fantastic. However, uh, she was when we got her, she was a bag of bones and governed by food. Uh, so uh, it, it's amazing what this dog will eat. Oh, yeah, I'm finding the same thing out, too. This this dog had, I could see his ribs. Not that he was emaciated or anything, but I could see his ribs. You can't see them anymore, and it's only been two months. He, This dog is living the lap of luxury here, I'm telling you. Now, he must be thinking he's at a mansion compared to where he came from, you know. <laughs> but he's, he's he knows when it's time to eat, too. He sees me turning on the tea water. He knows that I'm going to have my cookie with my tea, and he gets his dog cookie, too, so... He just waits for that water to boil. Sits there. It's so funny. He's so funny. I can't. I can't go anywhere. Dog is like totally up my ass. Part of my French. But. Yeah, they're like a little shadow for sure. Oh so, yeah. Yeah. So, um, if when we're finally let you know released and are allowed to get out again and do go about our business and uh, restaurants and things are open again, what is the first thing you're going to do? I'm going to get. Mexican food and going to a movie theater. I like the way you think. Yeah. I was thinking in a concert. I would love to go see some music. I was actually had two concerts planned and they were both canceled and I'm not happy about that. But it's a little, a lot it's of the little things. Moving to online. Yeah, yeah. No, I like to go, you know, of course, but you know, it's nothing like the real thing, you know? I'd love to go down to hey, Disneyland again. I got to see again. Garth Brooks do a free hour online, and I would have never been able to buy the tickets. So. Oh, yeah, I saw that, yeah. Yeah, I'd like to play out live again. My band got a bunch of shows canceled because of all this, so I want to play again. Oh, wow. Yeah. You know what I, I found? I would have thought a lot of other bands, like uh, especially for really popular bands, really any band, 
would be do more uh, would be doing more of those uh, live shows, just set up, play their concert in a living room or something, right? And uh, and really grab your fans that way. I mean, no, you're not making money, but the bottom line is, uh, I, I mean, I don't know how how a lot of these concerts work where where the tickets refunded or it's just like no, we'll reschedule whatever it is. But know. a true a true um, you know, uh, person for their people would really just let's make this concert work anyways. That's what I would do. I would just, I think there's just, uh, the only problem with all that is there's so many limitations now because like you can't even get a tech to like to go over their house and set things up now because everyone's cautious of who's coming near them. And you know, like even just to like come set up like the, the mixing board at their house and you know, like all that stuff, like you're afraid to even let people like come in or for them to leave their house and go into a studio like this right, is such they, a weird, unique situation. Right. If they're not a family member, if they're not a family member, and, not, and they're not your uh, sound guy, you're not. Ha- it's not happening. See, this, <laughs> like, I've this seen is a why... few of them. I've seen a few uh, artists do like acoustic sets from the living yeah. room, but mm-hmm. very few. But I think that's the only reason. This is where I truly believe that you learn to have to learn to do it yourself. Like everything right. I do, I've I've learned from scratch myself. Just right. as uh, one is is uh, pure interest, but two was because I never want to be limited to what I can do by having to rely on someone else. I know I'm I'm really bad at that, especially with the computer. I should know a lot more, considering how uh, you know the music industry has changed so much. I have not jumped on that bag wagon at all in regard to the tech that can be done. I don't know even where to. Pro Tools, none of that. The cake wall, all that. I can't do any of it. And you know what? I probably could. I just, I guess I'm afraid of it. I don't know. So, I mean, this, this kind of uh, goes against what I was saying earlier. But um, the beautiful thing is with, with YouTube, you can learn to do anything. That's um, true. You know, it, it, and it's beautiful that, that there's so many different tutorials out there that anybody can be anything anybody can do anything if you put the time into it now i mean as a professional uh, one thing i i used to struggle with as a graphic designer was um you know anybody who had an art program and a computer valued themselves a graphic designer and uh it didn't always work out that way because then all of a sudden when they'd say oh here's the artwork and you look at it and it's just a glorified jpeg it didn't work for different medias so there, there is a catch to that, right? Not everybody can be an electrician. Not everybody's going to wire. My house is, is one of those things I'm now finding. I had to rewire my bathroom because uh, whoever wired the place used the wrong wires as the uh, as the hot. <laughs> and the, the fact that my house had not burned down, I was actually quite amazed. And you did it yourself? And I just did it myself. And I was very wow. fortunate. My father uh, was very much a a hands-on person and believe the same thing. He's like, you will save a lot of money in the future if you just learn to do this yourself. Absolutely. Well, I do a few things around the house too. I mean, you know, when you own a house, you have no choice. It's like owning a used car. You learn how to take care of the car. You know what I mean? And it's like, I don't play with gas or electric. I will do anything else. I can't, I will not, I refuse to play with gas or ladders. I'm petrified of ladders. I now, can't. I can't. I was very lucky in in the when I did some IT work and stuff when I was going back to college. Uh, you learn a lot about electricity and stuff, so right. a lot of it transfers over. Even though you're looking at low voltage to high voltage, um, the worst case scenario, you just turn off the breaker, yeah, and and then you, as long as you got the right one, you're fine. Yeah, I don't even know where that is. Where's the breaker? <laughs> let's start. <laughs> let's start there. <laughs> you know? look, look for the gray I'll, box in your house. Uh, yeah, I'll wind up turning off the TV and think that it's off. You know. So. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you guys, though. YouTube's definitely a great resource for that kind of oh, stuff. It is. I mean, yeah. there's definitely things that take 
uh, a certain level of skill or if not if not skill or natural ability then just time you know i mean if you've got time to invest then that's awesome you know because there's um i mean if you're good at what you do you know what i mean like if you're truly good at what you do my, i guess my philosophy is if if you're genuinely good then others are fooled into thinking that they're going to be just as good as you right but mm. the, the reality is also that if they're willing to put in the same amount of time that you did then technically they could be good too um, it's just that you have to put in the time and a lot of people are afraid to do that because they say, well, you know, if I'm going to learn Photoshop to, to be able to do that kind of stuff, you know, it's going to take me years and years and yeah, it will. But I mean, if you, if you're not afraid of work, then you could be good at anything, you know, like, um, you're right. Or, it's truly fears that are hold it, hold people back. Absolutely. Yeah, it is. It is. But you also need a lot of intelligence, too. And I'm not going to lie. I'm not very intelligent. So, you know, I, or I, I'm just afraid of a lot of things, too. I mean, I, I don't think I'll understand it. I really don't. Yeah, but you don't know that. You haven't tried. I guarantee. No. I can get, yeah, I mean, I, I guarantee I can get you, you know, doing half the things that you didn't think you can do on uh, whether it's for designing graphics for your show or you know you're saying you, you like you're trying you're trying to you know, you're willing to pay money for an rss feed now for the show and and we're all because well, i don't know how to, to do, do it I, exactly I, I, exactly but I, that's something that's but, available to you for free so but andy i did i looked i i did tell him michael tell him i went online i contacted the host i, I mean i did everything and that I could possibly do because I didn't know what I was doing and I finally got it but it took a while you know Correct. Like that's you what I'm said, saying you did get time. it but, but you yeah. did get it it just takes the time that's all I'm saying but it, it yeah. does take time I'm not doubting that at all I'm not downplaying yeah. the fact that it's the time I'm like one of those people though I need somebody to show me and then I'm good yeah. I need well, to be hands-on to do it and somebody show me and then I could do it you know what I, mean? right. I'd love, <laughs> I would love the show to have a nicer graphic or even like a nice intro and all that i i just i don't know how to do it and you know unfortunately you know we're not really flashy anyway but it would be nice to be you know yeah, i think what works in my favor is that i'm I, it's it's part the fact that i have an entrepreneurial spirit and i'm mm. also part cheapskate so for me yeah. like ever for since a very young age i've never wanted to pay people for certain <laughs> services so just right. uh i've always just said well screw it like why you know why pay somebody to do this i'm just gonna learn how to do it and i've always just been that way so like anytime i've had to do something like whether it's uh make a graphic for something or create a video or record something um like i just learn how to do it and I whether know. it takes I've me what a you month guys or been... a year you know i'll just do it I know. Yeah. I've seen what you guys have been doing. It's fantastic. I love everything you guys do the, between graphics, the sound. I mean, the, everything. You guys are great. Yeah. Big shout out to Andy, who did our logo, and to Anthony, yeah, fantastic. Who, Anthony who recorded our intro. So uh, we've got two uh, podcasters on this episode that are very talented in things other than podcasting and their, you know, whatever work they do outside of that. Andy, great graphic designer, and Anthony is definitely a voice to check out. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah, I didn't know that was you. Wow. Yeah, that was a great intro on your voice. Thanks. Yeah, I've, I've did a little bit of voice work at time to time, so I, I have many different, uh, many different skills that uh, I like to, to try to bring to the table with things. You know, and it's I, and it's funny when I was listening to it when Michael shared it with us. I was like, 
wow, where'd he get that guy to do the voice so fast? I was like, he just did. He just put it together. Like, wow. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my, my wife values me as the, the next Dos Equis guy. Uh, I think that's probably because I'm getting more gray in my beard. So, <laughs> Well, the gray seems to go, for some reason, for guys, when they grow beards, the gray seems to go right to the beards. It's crazy. Yeah, it's weird. My, my hair is not gray, but my beard is totally gray. Right. Isn't that weird? I have the same problem. <laughs> I'm starting to get I'm starting to get the gray in the beard at 41 where there's no gray in the hair. <laughs> All right, then I have to ask a little bit of a uh, a little bit of Manza beard advice here. Do you uh -oh. find do you find that the gray hairs are the the hairs that actually get itchy? Yes. They're thicker for some reason. Yeah, you think yeah. that they would be thinner, right? Like they're losing their color, so you think that would be a I don't know, a little bit of a, a thinner or more dried out thing, but I find that they're the ones that are more coarse and more itchy. They're the grizzled old veterans that don't want to let go. They're, they're <laughs> proud of their spot. That's <laughs> true. They're still muscling out the new young ones. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. But, uh, yeah, no, it, I'm, I'm so glad we all did this. This has been fun, and I've been wanting to talk to you guys. You've been so kind to me, and I was looking forward to getting to meeting you, not in person, but this is definitely meeting, so I'm cool with it. Yeah, that's something with uh, Zoom and Skype and... Uh, See, you, you turned me on to this, Michael. I never knew how to do Zoom and all that. Well, it's a great way for people to get together. Uh, you can do yeah. it video or, or non-video. We're recording audio only tonight, uh, so we can't see each other, but we can hear each other. So it's, you know, it's really nice to be able to get a group of people together when you can't do that physically, you know, because of the virus. Yeah, we did that Saturday night, actually, a bunch of us. We got set, set a time, 7 o'clock, everybody grabbed a glass of wine, and we just all sat around and talked on Zoom. Yeah, we my friends and I have been other. doing that for the first time ever, uh, all week. Like, we've been FaceTiming each other, like, in, in big groups, and it's really nice. Yeah. Yeah, I really, I really find that it's a, a great way to keep social, um, and it, it's really funny actually. So you, you really think about uh, back in the day before we had the technology that we do, and you used to have to remember all your friends' phone numbers, all your friends' birth dates, their addresses, uh, on top of your social security number, and all this other thing. And and now because of technology, you don't remember most of that stuff. And and then slowly people got phased out and they stopped calling each other and they just text each other and, and right. it became very impersonal. So again, we're, we're talking about the coronavirus and, and what that brings back. And uh, I think it is, it's actually starting to reconnect people. Yeah. And it's, uh, this could be actually, I mean, I don't know if you guys think so, but this actually could be the new way of life. Maybe things are going to change drastically this way for people to connect more this way. A lot more people can work from home now after this, and it, it could change a lot. People, could, the businesses could save on rent. I mean, they'd save money there. I mean, a, a lot of people may go out of business because of it too, if you think about it twofold. And you know, what could benefit and what could not benefit if, if this is the new way of life, the, what, the way we've been living with just delivery and nobody going to restaurants, you know, they'd close to, you know, it's it's just a whole big, huge, ballish book of fusion. It's going to change a lot myself. for sure. I don't think people are going to stop going out just because uh, humans are such social creatures that, you know, as, as soon as they say it's okay to go back out, people are just going to go back out like oh, in yeah. record numbers. But it's definitely going to change a lot, I think, business-wise. 
Uh, a lot of companies are going to take advantage of the fact that, you know, if th this is kind of their test, you know, they're going to test this theory and see that um, if their business is uh, is successful with all these people working from home, um, you know, uh, then they're going to say, okay, you know, we're going to keep these people at home or right. at least a percentage of them. Yeah, so uh, they'd, save, they'd save money. That's for sure. Right, you'd, you'd save a day. Give them an expense children. to pay for portion of their expense portion, a portion of it to offset their expense for internet, so that they can stay connected to you. It's got to be a lot cheaper than paying rent to give them space. Absolutely. Yep. And, and think of this. Now we're all trapped in the house, right? They got us trapped. What two and a half weeks right now, right? About that. Yep. Yeah. We have. We have. Imagine if we lost power. Oh my God. Yeah. Then well, we'd see some mad shit for sure. Oh, you think toilet paper? Oh, can you imagine? I'd hate to be the the pessimist on all this, but we wouldn't have this. We wouldn't have this. We wouldn't be having this chat. That's for that sure. That's true. That's true. <laughs> um, we'll be back to ham radios. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd be sitting on my front porch right now with my shotgun. Yep. <laughs> I don't. I don't have the ham radio. I wouldn't know how to use it. Okay, yep. and I don't yep. have a shotgun because I probably shoot myself because I don't know how to use that. So, <laughs> <laughs> I um, you know, my worry about the, about this going on too much longer, or or the flip side of when people start going back to things, there's a lot of companies who will be like, well, you know what, we we actually it did work, and you could stay at home. The problem right. is because you're staying at home, we're going to start paying you less now. Oh, there you go too. Right. So there's a flip side to that because unfortunately corporations are still making money. People are going to start thinking about how can we regain back money that we lost. Right. And, uh, and that could also start taking a bit well, of a fight. That's what I mean. Everything's going to be twofold. For whatever's going to be good, it's going to be a bad. But how do they you justify I mean? paying less? Is it just because they feel like, can like, are, are they saying that? What, is it because they're inconveniencing people for leaving their houses and that no, justifies paying more? No, they'll they'll pay commuting. less. They'll pay less because uh, they won't need as much office space now. So that's that, factored okay. into what they pay their employees. I, I think a lot of that is. I mean, if uh, I mean, you look at a lot of the jobs out there uh, in the market. If it's a work from home job, for the most part, depending on your career line, it, it, you actually get paid less. Um, or at least up here you do. Uh, there are other jobs, like I'm very fortunate because I, because I, uh, my day job, I, I work for a university, um, that it, it wouldn't matter if I could work from home or if I could work um, uh, in local in an office, uh, it's gonna be the same, but not everybody is that fortunate. Yeah, I mean, I guess it depends on what you do. Yeah, I, I honestly think that a lot of good will come out of this and a lot of changes, but uh, there's going to be some drastic changes in a bad way for people on the on the other side. You know, there's going to be good for some people. It's going to come out on top in ways that they never did before. And there's going to be some people that are going to be affected by it. How? I don't know. But, you know, look at, look at I mean, the, the advantage here, we're all home enjoying our family, our houses, our pets, whatever. And, but the downside is, the world is crumbling around us, right? So, you know, it's like something you can't always get. You can't always get what you want. That basically, right? I mean, there's always some. There's always a a scale to it. There's One's going to outweigh the other. There's always a trade. -off. Exactly. Thank you. It's okay. Just crazy. To, to close us out. Anybody have a positive? Close us out. I don't want to close out. I'm having fun having talking to you I guys. I know it's been a great night. We we talked for an hour. Uh, does anybody have a positive affirmation that they'd like to end the show with? At least they haven't closed the liquor stores. 
<laughs> it's essential. It's they an essential. Some. It's yeah. an essential thing here. <laughs> it's yeah, actually and, an uh, essential <laughs> business. <laughs> Scott, my co-host for Scott H. Silverman's Happy Hour, says they they closed liquor stores in San Diego. Some of them, at least. Right, but they left yeah. the cannabis stores open. Oh, they did. Yes. Okay, yeah. they're yep. essential. Those are happen. Yep, those are open too. Yep. Up here, a lot of well, we don't out. need people going through withdrawals. I mean, it's you know, if they're not in recovery, but they're an alcoholic, mm. you know, we don't want them to be forced into going into withdrawals. That's not something that's a good thing. And right. you know, mm. so I, I don't understand that thinking of not letting you go to a liquor store. A lot of liquor stores like here have drive-throughs. So drive-through liquor stores. Yeah, yeah. We're not yeah we don't have that either. I mean, you're in Louisiana, and I'm in. We're we're in neighboring that states, is, and I don't have a drive-through liquor store. But that's such an oxymoron. A drive-through. I want to drive to get my liquor, and I shouldn't drink and drive. Well, I don't you think you're supposed to pull it a drink a margarita it. to go in Texas. <laughs> no, no, I know. I just just think about it. It's really. I wouldn't fly up here. That's for sure. Well, if you were pulled over by the police, they would look at your bottle and see that the seal has not been broken. So obviously, you're not drinking. Well, there are same some way they, they will. They will though. They have drive-through daiquiri uh, stores around here, and what wow. they do is they put a piece of tape over the lid, and, and that that makes that they you know they went through the legislature and decided that that would make it okay for you to do that. So we have drive-through, get your booze, get your daiquiri, uh, and it comes in a styrofoam cup with a piece of tape over the lid that's supposed to hold it flat, so uh, it hasn't been opened. We become so car. we become so lazy. Oh my god! Amazing. Oh, it's so funny. Michael, where are you again? Where Where are you located again? Shreveport, Louisiana. Oh, Louisiana. Road trip. Sorry, yeah, <laughs> I, I didn't know where you were. That worth because you said south. I wasn't well, sure where exactly. Yeah, everybody, give your uh, location. Uh, Ontario, Canada. Long Island, New York. Northern Northern Mississippi, Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, uh, Clifton, New Jersey. Sorry. Let's say if we're going to go out on a high note, I think the one thing we should remember here is uh, despite uh, troubled times, uh, people can still connect with others. Uh, people continue to connect with us if they want, with the shows. And, um, you know, people are out there. We're listening and uh, we're still willing to talk. Coast to Coast Power Hour is part of the SJ Network. Go to s-j-network.com for more information.